Hey Angels, it's Amy from the Freud's Angels podcast. And Vanessa. We're here to bring you a special series about my journey and rewriting my narrative around my body and redefining my relationship with it. And along the way, as Amy is on this journey, we will bring to you gifts that come out of it, ways that you can handle your own body journey, things that you can think about in order to reclaim your own narrative. Now let's get to it. Hey angels, welcome back to the Body Reclamation Series. Vanessa was just telling us she's got football after this recording, so she's all in. It's a-okay. Um, today is episode 18, I feel, I think. And, um, you know, I skipped last week because, uh, when you're on this type of like journey, a lot of times you get burned out a little bit by constantly, you get that intimacy burnt hangover. And a lot of times when it comes around to recording this series, I'm, I'm just, I feel it. I feel like because I'm sharing so much of my personal stuff, I I was having a little bit of a, a, an intimacy hangover because I was at that time also dealing with a lot of raw things that was happening. I had, I had an epiphany around a friendship and how I was feeling. And it was like a friendship that really, really matters to me. And so I was in that, I was not in that headspace. So that's why every now and again, you won't have a, you won't have a podcast. It'll be because I am in a space that I don't feel that I can serve you in a hundred percent in my totality. Mm-hmm. And it's not fair to me to come at 50%. It's not fair to you to come at 50% and to try to make content that I'm just not in, like I'm not giving it my hundred percent. And and for me either, because if I wouldn't have come and done it, I'd have felt like, ugh, that I, I would have just felt a lot of guilt around not showing up with what I normally show up with. So understand that as me taking care of me and me knowing that and and me wanting to give you that hundred percent. And it's not really an excuse. It's just me honoring myself. Yeah. So just always know that the difference between a reason and an excuse. Yes. It's just, you know, I always am about honoring the self and myself was like, you don't have it today. It's okay to not do this. And I didn't because I had a lot to unpack and I had a lot, I had something else that was just far bigger than just, Mm -hmm. you know, dealing with that just didn't have it. So, but I'm back on a lot of people's journeys, honestly. And truly, I mean, I have sessions with people that we've been working together for months and they're like, I was off this week. Like my brain was off and I'm like, well, you need a break. It's all good. It doesn't have to be that way. Let's have a a nice light conversation then because an overworked and overstimulated and over-emotional brain isn't going to do the kind of work that you're looking for. Yep. And it's just, you're going to create, it creates more things to unpack later. It's, it's just allowing yourself that sense of, you know, we do it here too. You know, you'll notice some of the podcasts all of a sudden get really light and fun and frivolous and it's a place for us to laugh because even in a weekly recording, like we, we carry a lot of this and, and sometimes we're just like, Oh, can we just laugh today? Can we do something fun? Cause we're just like, we're not, we don't want to go. We don't want to do it because it's like, we did an episode about this. It's called mm-hmm. coming up for air. Yeah. It's an early one. It's back in the single digit one. <sighs> Sorry, people. When I talk, I yawn when I'm in this, this state. Um, but, and we did that coming up for air and how important it is to have some fun with all the work that you're doing and how to not have to be in it a hundred percent all the time, because many of us are, and we're, and I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of that because I'm okay. What's next? What's, what's next? Where's my next epiphany? Where's my next growth? And I don't allow myself to step back and go, Oh, I did it. And, 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 and celebrate my wins and celebrate where I've come and how far I've come and, 
go eat a piece of cake or a brownie or whatever. Like there's moments where we have to celebrate that. So, amen. and there's moments where we just have to have fun because it helps us carry on through the next part one. So today we're going to talk about a couple of different things. Um, Both I'm going to share my own experiences, of course, because that's where a lot of this contact comes from. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Since I'm on the journey with y'all, you know, this series is that it's real. And I, the first one I want to talk about is our brain and its shenanigans and how even if you have made a pact with your brain and you've got a good working relationship, how it's when you're on your journey and you're in it and you feel like you're making huge like progress, how its mechanism is to still keep you safe. That's it. That's feels that that's what its job is. And if we haven't reassigned it a job, it's still going to try to do that. And it'll do it so sneaky. You won't even know it happened. (laughs) I love my brain, but I, y'all know that I, a year or two years ago have made a pact with my brain about between my heart and my brain. And now we're working on bringing my physical body into the fold. And I really fractured off my physical body from being a part of me because I've rejected it. So I'm beginning this process, not beginning, I'm well in it. Um, this process of, of acceptance, of accepting my body, where it is at, at any moment of the day, any moment of my life, and understanding that it is just my body and it's okay. It's there's, I need to accept it. I want to accept it. Those of you who the need want thing, listen to Wednesday's <laughs> podcast, you'll understand why I'm reframing. I want to accept my body. I love it. So by the way, I'm applauding you. Yes. Great. I I saw it right on your face. Like, whoa, that came right out. Yeah, it did. It did. Yeah, yeah, listen to Wednesday's podcast. We talk about need versus what. It's a fun time. (laughs) And for those of you who don't know, for me, need is obligatory and want is choice. And I'm shifting shifting that I'm shifting that using need to guilt myself, to want to give myself autonomy and choice. That's why you'll hear me reframe constantly Um, (laughs) because I want to. Um, So (laughs) I truly do. So I have been struggling with taking a shower and I know many of you are like, what? Let, let me, let me give you context. I have been in this level of depression the whole year, this whole last year, like this low level depressive, like no zest for life. Part of it had to do with the relationship work that I was just doing last week, which is, you know, the epiphany for last week and understanding and, and realizing that, oh, okay you know, that was a big part of it. So hopefully I'll be able to shift some of that. Um, but I created this sense of that because of, you know, I've, I've mobility challenges and that taking a shower can mean that standing, you know, for a long period of time, you know, being able to wash all parts of myself, like, having to be precarious in in a tub that's really narrow for some reason, like, I don't know. They think everybody's this narrow person, but, um, I'm not. And, um, the, the floor of the tub, because it's a tub is there. It's, it's like angled on both sides of it. So it drains well, I'm, I'm assuming it doesn't do well for me. So I create these really big mountains around self-care around taking a shower. And so I resist it a lot a lot, a lot. It takes, mm. it takes me having to go out to dinner with people or go in public or to do something outside with friends in order to get me to take a shower. So, you know, thank God I have those moments during the week, because if not, I, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I'm serious. So well, that's why the universe puts them there. Yes. So 
I was talking to a friend and explaining this process to a friend who wasn't under, she was like, how could you not love a shower? It feels so good. I, I wish I could sit in the shower and let the hot water just soothe my aches and pains. And that's a possibility. However, my brain decided to create all this subterfuge around taking a shower, making it seem impossible to enjoy, impossible to do. So when I am doing it, there's a little bit of resentment, a little bit of like, fine, I'll take a shower. Mm -hmm. And of course I feel good on the other side of it, but there's still that little bit of like, I can't fully feel the greatness because I've tainted it with being resentful. Right. And as I was okay, I guess, but it still sucked to do. (laughs) I still had to do it. Yeah. And now I have to get dressed. And, and no, and no lotion was happening. Nothing like, you know, I just barely get deodorant on and I'm okay. And so I was talking to a friend and it kind of, the universe does this weird thing when I'm talking, it creates my own epiphanies. Like I talk myself into my own epiphanies because what happens is I start talking about it and then the universe creates this timeline and this, this, like all of a sudden I see dots line up, like you know, those old like train, um, those old train, um, things where you could see the train go, it would light up where the train was or whatever. I don't know if this is like, (laughs) or if this is a reality of something, it feels like it's a schoolhouse rock type thing. Okay. Watching Sesame Street. (laughs) This is from childhood then. Something that is made up. So anyways, so it was like, you know, it's like this, you see this and then there's lights at every stop and like, it starts to light up. That's how my, that's how spirit, the universe and, and my heart works together to get me to see connections. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sitting there talking about it and all of a sudden something lights up in my periphery and I'm like, what is that? Mm -hmm. And then I keep talking and then all of a sudden the whole board lit up and I saw like brain creating, creating issues around taking a shower, rejection and subterfuge. Like it's just, it's just all. And as I'm talking, I think partly I do, I channel when I, when I'm talking for a long time, I start to channel and then so, so spirit brings me the message in my brain and I say it out loud and I'm like, what was that? I just said, cause I'm like, cause usually I'm like, just talking. So I'm talking and I said, you know, it's kind of like my bot, my brain's way of subtly rejecting, rejecting my body still rejecting it and its need to be clean. And I was like, and I paused and I'm like, Oh, that was interesting. I'm like, Oh, that's an epiphany. And I was like, Oh my God. So I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, oh, brain, you naughty little brain. I'm like, I was like, I, I wanted to like treat it like a child because that's what it is. I mean, it's, it was created, trauma brain was created as a child. So it's really the mentality of a kid. Right. And so I was like, damn it. So what, ha- what my brain is doing, what it has chosen to do is to create like this whole process around showering so that I resist it. So I don't want it because it's another form of rejection to my physical being. It's saying, I still reject the fact because it's trying to keep me safe because my physical being is still in the same state as it was when I started this journey, which is perfectly fine, Mm -hmm. but it expects, there's that expectation my brain has created that, oh, you do the work, you're going to get thin. And it's like, no, that's not where I'm going with this but it still wants me to, because it still has the old thought patterns that my family, that my teachers, that my grandparents that my mother instilled in that brain. Like you need to achieve X, Y, and Z. That's still its intent. So realizing this, first of all, pissed me off. Cause I'm like, what the fuck? I dealt with you on the other end of it. I was like, Oh, hell no, not on my watch. And so I got up and immediately went and took a shower and immediately went, got dressed, put lotion on my body. Cause I'm like, we're going to go that one step farther brain because fuck you. <laughs> we are in rebellion. <laughs> <laughs> and 
you know, but, but there again, there's the win. You know, you can think, oh, the brain is still doing the rejection part. You may come up against those moments of, oh my gosh, like I'm still rejecting myself. Haven't I gotten anywhere? Because I could have gone into that space of like, I thought we dealt with this. I thought I was making progress. Maybe I'm not making progress. And I could have gone there. I so had the capacity to go there because at first I was like, fuck, 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 fuck. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I just was really hoping that I had surpassed this. But what I've done is the win of what I've done is that when I notice it, I refuse to own it. Mm-hmm. I refuse not so much own that I'm doing it, but own that it's message. Yeah. Like I, I don't refuse that. That's what my brain is doing. I accept that that's my brain is doing that to myself, but I refuse to follow in line. I refuse to, to give it its outcome that it's seeking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in that moment, I'm changing my relationship with showering because I'm refusing to keep that old relationship and I'm working to create a new one. Mm -hmm. That's really how we shift friends. That's, that's, that's how we win. We don't win by eradicating our, in my case, my 44 years of thinking the same way. Like I, I, have a rat like it's not about eradicating that thought process because you can't in a day you can't do that in in 17 episodes of a podcast you mm-hmm. cannot it's it's hard unless you have a good willpower and a good connectivity with safety mm-hmm. for your brain it's not an easy thing to do mm-hmm. but what we can do is we can understand neutrally observe when that happens and then react in a way that we want it to be. Meaning I reacted as, oh no, oh no, no, no. We're not going down that path of affirming the rejection that my brain wants. And we are going to say, nope, body, I got you. I'm trying to reconnect my body to my body to create trust and safety around being my body. And I have to make different choices than what my brain dictates. So because my brain wanted me to like, oh, I don't want to shower. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it because it's going to take too much energy. It's going to hurt. It's going to whatever. It's so much. It's so much time. I'm going to be like, nope, my body needs to feel good and it needs to feel clean and it needs to be treated properly. And it needs to be treated in a way that says, I'm here for you. I'm here to support you. Friends, I have had the lotion struggle for decades, decades, like, and I lived in the desert for five years, five or six years. Like, so you can imagine my poor skin is like, what the fuck? It's, it's not been taken care of. And I admit that I've been not taking care of it, but now I'm like, oh, Okay. Now I can rewrite its conversation, rewrite how I do treat it. Mm-hmm. And, and that all comes from just being like, okay, I want to change. I am desirous in changing how I treat my body. Mm-hmm. So that's the win. That's where we make gains. We don't make gains by changing immediate thought patterns and thinking that we did. And I thought that I did, and I've been doing this for how long I still was led under the false security of my brain thinking it's going to be on, you know, it's always, well, I got to stop. You're being really mean, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's true. I was just like, you're, you're hitting another layer. There's no false security where there's the security that we need in the moment to get us to hold on to that layer that we're rebuilding. We need that security. If we live in this entire process of being completely insecure and believing that they'll, that there's no safety until the end, then that's a disruption that we, that we, it's going to be really hard to push through. So like when we have that conversation with ourselves and we start to go into, I should be, I thought, I thought I had handled this. 
right? Like, and now it's because I had a false sense of security. Like you're kind of blaming yourself for not working harder or something. Like there's something going on there. Black or white. Yeah. Like it's done it or not. Exactly. Like it's very much like laying down like some sort of negative connotation to the idea that you hit another level of healing. It's not negative. It's not false sense of security. It's maybe a little bit of like, I hit a neutral skid and I, and, and, and universe brought me when I was ready, the next level. And when we can see it that way and we can embrace it that way, we're not going to be so hard on ourselves as if now we have to watch out for the next level of false security, which we will then block because now we have it in our heads that we um, rest on our laurels or whatever, you know, phrase we use to beat on ourselves for that. So I'm sorry I had to stop you, but I was like, we are not, (laughs) I cannot let you do it. I can't. (laughs) I had to engage her somehow, guys. (laughs) This is chastisement real time. No, we're just kidding. <laughs> no, because I, I, I get it. That's no. what the first thing that comes in is, right? Yeah. The first thing that comes in when we hit another thing that we thought, <laughs> because we want to be done with it. <laughs> we yeah. want to be done. We don't like it. When more things comes in, we're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> right? Like, mm, you worked so hard. Why isn't it done? Right? Like, that's the, that space of coming in. But it's really like, no, no, you did it. You did that layer. You've nailed that layer. Now we're on the next one. The next one that comes in is the next layer of bullshit that our brain has put in place to allow, to do whatever, you know, like I think, you know, when people think of rejection, I think sometimes it's hard because they're like, oh no, I'm not rejecting, but you're also not celebrating. So there's a rejection conversation to have. And when you are doing things of self-care for your body that you don't, uh, that you don't feel connected to positively right now, you're telling yourself, or it feels like you're telling yourself that you accept how things are and you will not change them if you accept them, right? Like there's the black and white that comes in. So I have to not do those things because I'm not happy with my body. This, I, I don't want to stop the journey by enjoying myself today. And like all of that, like kind of releasing all of those, those things, I think helps us stay more positively connected. I mean, this isn't fun. We know this, this journey is not like a skipping around, like, this is so great. Look at this new thing that I found about myself. (laughs) It's like, oh my God, this hurts, but it can you know, like it, it can hurt a lot more if we add on some of those negative words. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Just got so no, you're not. No, don't. No, 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 no. I'm going to call you out <laughs> for being sorry when you're not sorry. So let's just leave it at that. <laughs> you're not sorry and it's okay. It's okay. But see here, friends, real time, real time, my reaction to it, my reaction to feeling because there was, there was before I would chose to take a shower to it, to being a positive experience versus allowing my brain to convince me not to, there is a moment where you're just like, really, we're here again, because mm-hmm. when we're here, okay. And this is, this is my honest opinion when we're not that I'm not being honest and truthful because you guys just saw real time, like. Yeah. Anyways, when we're dealing with something we really don't want to deal with, or when we are in that space where we're trying to heal something that is so deeply ingrained, and there's a lot of roots, there's a lot of like difficult roots that we have to go through. There's a lot of awareness that we're reluctant to have because it it hurts. It's not exactly pretty. You tend to get you want it to happen on, on, on a whole fast forward level. And I know I've said this a million times that this is a long journey. This is a long game. It's not a short game, but I want it to be a short game because it's difficult. It's not easy because there's a lot of realizations. There's a lot of acceptance. There's a lot of neutral observer moments where you're like, 
that's interesting. While inside you're going, fuck, fuck, fuck. Like, because you're like, I thought we did this. (laughs) But, you know, but in the sense, you know, we can lead into that space of self-recrimination and 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 like that sense of like oh i guess you didn't achieve that did you and then you get into that sense and then it just reaffirms the whole need for safety so and black or white thinking because that's something that yeshua yells at me all the time too for is like is this black or white thinking or can you live in the gray and i'm like shut up (laughs) because i don't want to hear from him either (laughs) no believe me believe me friends when i say this have people in your life that challenges you that challenges your way of thinking how you treat yourself how you talk about yourself how you exist your thinking like have these people in your life because they're the people that are going to help you find 100 percent and true success at what you're trying to do and what your goals are because if if we don't have them we begin to drink our own Kool-Aid. You bet. And if you've had trauma in your life around a certain thing, you're going to think in black or white, all or nothing. And that's never going to lead you to live in the gray possibility of change and healing Mm -hmm. because you're either healed or you're broken. And there's no in between of like, well, we're shifting. So you're still broken. Like right. you wouldn't have to shift if you were real. We, we don't want to live in the black or white. The gray is where we find the healing. The gray is where we find the nuances to make new decision, new, new neural pathways, acceptance, a little bit of a compassion mm-hmm. and validation for like, Fuck, yeah, no, I did feel that way. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then that's where we can celebrate our wins. And like, until my therapist was celebrating the fact that I didn't sit in that space of black or white with what I was doing while I said it in a way that, that encouraged me. I go over the top when I'm talking to myself sometimes, because sometimes it needs over the top thinking when I was like, not on my watch. I was like, no, I'm going to protect you body because we're not going to sit here and, you know, like, it was, it was like my superhero moment, like to, to myself, like, you know, I was like, I'm going to do this because it's best for me, you know? And sometimes I need that because it's, it's boring when you just say, I'm going to make a good decision today. Doesn't sound as good. Right. Absolutely. It doesn't sound as strong. That's for sure. It's like, well, it doesn't sound like you're convinced. Yeah. (laughs) So, but, but, you know, that's where we find our wins is when we make small, subtle changes that and that's going to promote bigger changes because mm-hmm. the more i do it the more i have a win around that the more i will learn i'll feel better and so i'll make better decisions because i'll feel better so there'll be other decisions about my body that i'm going to be like oh i feel good you know what would be even better this this like i actually put on clothes the other day not that i walk around naked but i mean like work type clothes like dress pants and like a work shirt and I wasn't in yoga pants and a tank top that I'm always in and I was like oh my gosh this feels good like I felt like I was present for my work I worked and I like I I was like it felt good it felt like I didn't want to play on my phone all day or I didn't want to find distraction. Like it felt like I was present and I was at work and I was like, okay, this is a technique. I have these clothes. They're not going anywhere. I don't ever wear them. And I'm like, why not keep the yoga pants for the weekend and wear work clothes during the week? Like try it out. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that, but you know, it's, it's giving myself, different ways to feel good and that came from taking a shower like and putting on clothes that were that were you know work appropriate and I was like okay all right okay that wasn't so scary yeah like there's possibility here there's (laughs) there's expansion here and that's what happens when we have wins like that small wins 
big wins, medium-sized wins. All wins are wins. Mm -hmm. And the more that I think we embrace it, the more that we step into it and, and recognize. And, and I wasn't, at first I was mad at my brain. At first I was like, what the fuck? But then I was like, I got you, brain. You were not feeling safe in the changes I was making. You're not feeling safe because we felt we, there was relationship issues with my dearest, my closest friend. Like that was scary for us. That was unsafe for us. Yeah. And so it led to like a lot of the depression and like it was not feeling safe. So it's going to create these things around everything. And so it wasn't just because of its rejection, which was part of it, mm-hmm. but all of the factors in my life led it to feel unsafe. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just me, not the changes I'm making in my body. It was the, you know, me not feeling safe in my friendships, my mm-hmm. clo- one of my closest friendships. It was me not feeling safe in my job. It was me not feeling safe with family, parents, like everything. It was all of it that contributed to this narrative of having subterfuge and creating like this need to not feel good in my body. Mm -hmm. And so I really, 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 what was that? I had a speaker that was on and it just turned off and said power off. Oh, I was like, okay. Timing on that. Was it. I was like, all right, we're done now. Okay. Oh my God. Oh my gosh, it's too funny. So celebrate your wins. Yeah. And if you come up against something that you thought you healed, just know that it's just layers. You know, when an apple is bruised, you can cut a piece of the apple, but the chances are the bruise goes pretty deep. And if it's something that's laden with trauma, meaning around like um, my size, my weight, my physical being has carries a lot of trauma from a lot of different avenues, that bruise is going to go really deep in my layers. And I'm just, it's just another layer. It's just another, another moment of okay, I'm seeing this again because it's still deep. Here's another root of it. Here's another reason of it. Another and, way it comes out. Right. So, okay, what do we do? What do we do? We get into neutral and we go positive. We go, okay, you know what? I get, I get it, but we're not going to do this. We're going to make a different decision because we're, we're shifting. And that is where you find your wins. It's how you respond to it. Amen. And sometimes we're going to respond in, in upset and anger and, and, and being pissed off. And that's valid too. Mm-hmm. But it's how you continue to work with it that matters. And so don't quit before the miracle, friends. Yeah. Don't that's quit funny. before that miracle. Because if I quit and just went into self-sabotage with my brain on that day, I, I, you know, it, that's me quitting before the miracle. And I decided not to, because I, I want to do different. I don't want to reject my body anymore. I want it to be a part of the whole package, the body, mind, and the soul. Damn it. So, yeah. So let's stretch a little bit and let's talk about our relationship to food. And I think this one may be a little eye-opener for a lot of you because it was an eye-opener for me. So I had a friend who at one point, and this, this epiphany didn't show up until, you know, recently, but it, I think it started with my friend saying to me, we were on a road trip and we all talk because I, all my friends are, for some reason are therapists. <laughs> because I love them. Um, And they said, I don't trust myself to be a parent because I've never had a a good example of a parent. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, oh my God. Like Mm -hmm. it made, and then I thought, because you think 
a lot of people would do inner child work is you have to parent your inner child. Well, how the heck am I going to parent my inner child in an effective way? If I didn't have an example of an effective parent, what's going to make me think that I know how to do that now? Right. Mm -hmm. And even my therapist was like, yeah, some people think that, but it's not true. You can't, that's not effective. And I'm like, thank you for validating that for me. Cause I don't think it's effective either. And I'm like, okay. So, and then going through um, an old program that I had once facilitated again. And the idea came up about my relationship with food. And on the out, if you look on the outside neutrally, you think that's a very juvenile type of menu you have going on there. Why? I mean, you can cook, but yeah, you know, like looking for fast and easy type of foods, processed type of foods, mm-hmm. uh, because of the just the not wanting to cook. And in this course, I realized I was like in conversation with Vanessa, because she's, we're doing it together. I realized that, oh my gosh, at, you know, when you're made to parent yourself around the age of like 11, 10 or 11, and you're left to parent yourself, how are you ever going to have an adult-like relationship with the things in your life, like food, like exercise, like you rely on your parents to say, you got to eat your veggies. You rely on that as a child, because you're still developing your relationship with things. Or, you know, as a kid, you're like, why don't you go outside? Let's go run around. Let's have exercise. Let's, let's do things like you build those relationships through your parents now, granted, my mother was never one for exercise. Never was a conversation. And I grew up with my grandparents at the farm all the time. And there was no thing. My, my grandfather's exercise was work. Exactly. He exercised. Mm-hmm. Being a farmer and working at a job, like that was his exercise. Trust me, he did enough. But my relationship to food is very juvenile. Like macaroni and cheese hot dogs like for quick and easy like making very basic I don't have the inspiration to cook complex food unless it's baking baking Mm -hmm. is the only thing that I think I as an adult about me is that I want to do that but like I can make chicken I can cook a turkey I can make Thanksgiving dinner but again very simple very like and even then I asked, I used to ask for help all the time. Cause I was like, how long do I put a Turkey in the oven for? I've been told 900 times and I still forget, but Google every yeah. time, but brain's like not important enough for you to, you know, yeah, remember. you do it once a year, <laughs> but you know, my love of eating out, my love of fast food, my love of like pizza, like the things a kid would love. So well, it depends how? on what kid it depends on what kid and what, yeah. right. Like we're getting, we're getting into that space of me as a kid, right? Like truly and this, I learned from parenting of like having one kid that ate one thing and one kid that ate the other one. I didn't raise from birth one. I did. And being like, not, those aren't all kid foods, right? They're kid foods. If they become kid foods, Right. And then we hold on to them because they're comforting, because they're things that we get used to. There are things that are the same every time. Right. Like there's a lot of textural stuff and and all of that, that kind of thing. If it's presented to you, it becomes a kid food. If it's presented to you and you like it, it becomes kid food. Yeah. Sorry. Nope. <laughs> it's okay. No, I'm <laughs> grateful for the input because I think about shepherd's pie. Like I make it the way my father made it because it's the way he made it. And it's the way I've always made it. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I made it last week, ate it all last week. And for Shabbat dinner at the Romans house, we had shepherd's pie. Yeah. I was like, I can't get away from it, but he made his completely different. I think probably the way other people make it. I don't make it the way other people make it. So 
it was completely different, but it was really good. And I'm like, I want to make it this way because this is really freaking good. And I'm like, okay. But anyways, all right. I had to, I just felt like, again, like I, I feel like when we get into the spaces of really like putting ourselves in a narrow place, I'm kind of like, that's that when we talk about reparenting, that's where it comes in. It's like, well, what would your adult brain say with all the other information that you have now? What would your adult brain say? Like, to me, that's the reparenting of it, of like, what are the words that I'm using? And what now that I have a bigger vocabulary and more critical thinking, can I say instead to let me off the hook? Right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, of like, I have a simple, whatever, like is, is like, well, yeah, I mean, that was presented to me. I didn't get I didn't get to be explorative during the pathway building of my food brain. Right. And I wasn't being accusatory to myself. It was just, I was sharing the realization of the connection of why, like, I don't choose to have like, why I may not want to cook because my mother never, I never had that moment where my mother was like, Hey, you want to cook with me? You want to learn how to make this? You want to learn how to make that? Like, I never had those moments. So I never had that relationship with it. And it, and and the reason why it was important and the discovery was important. And this is where I was going eventually um, is, is that it, it takes the weight off me thinking my adult self should want other things. Like, because I was like, why do I have such a problem with salad? Why? And because I've never, like, that wasn't part of my eating growing up because, you know, peanut butter sandwiches was, you know, that, that was my go-to. So it was like, because I never built a relationship with salad. Like, it was just never part of the menu. I mean, I my mom was not wealthy. She was really kind of like not non-wealthy. <laughs> and so a lot of the foods we had was very processed. And so, you know, my choices, I think, are through the lens of that kind of that kid-like, well, what do I want, you know? And knowing that makes me go, okay, there's there's a place inside me where I need to begin to discuss, like you said, discuss again as an adult and say, okay, and start reintroducing, start creating a new relationship around different types of foods, foods that I like, foods that are more healthy, foods that are not, um, that are not the same type of like processed type of foods that don't, you know, what's the word I'm looking for that, you know, it's not that macaroni and cheese and hot dogs are bad. I love macaroni and cheese and hot dogs, but like, the frequency you it's not there are things you don't need to have every day and for me i'm an every like i have like three things in my fridge that i have every day like changing your staples right and and like changing what i want in my house and what i will do and and learning and re creating a relationship around cooking and what that means and and why and having discovery so when we talk about food in our bodies, because everybody's like, oh, just, you know, eat a veggie with every meal or eat salad. And yes, that's something that I've tried and that I've, I've tried to do and I kind of fail at. And I love a salad if somebody else makes it. I love a salad. If somebody else can make it for me, I don't care. I love it. I love a salad. But don't ask me to make it myself because it doesn't taste as good. So <laughs> it's... It's having this understanding and this awakening around food that takes the pressure off of me in a sense of you make horrible choices, but because that's, that's what I'm saying. That's what I say to myself all the time. You're making horrible choices, but now I'm like, oh, I understand why I make the choices I make. And now I have the ability to see through a different lens at the choices I make so that I can go forth and create another new dynamic and relationship with food. Mm -hmm. And I think that awareness, when we're talking about our bodies and we're talking about how we treat them and how we feed them is that once I realize that it's a very juvenile, like kind of outlook, 
I can say, oh, I get it. I get why. I had to parent myself at a very young age. And when you're a kid, you don't really know how to be a parent. And you don't know that you need to eat veggies because they help your body do the things they do. And, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay. And, you know, when you fend for yourself, it's like, okay, you know, uh, peanut butter sandwiches work really good, right? And Bach mac and cheese is is very good too. (laughs) Like hot dogs are easy and cheap because that's, Bologna and hot dogs. That was like two staples in my house growing up because it was cheap for my mom because mm-hmm. my mom had $72. She spent every month on groceries and that was it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so a lot of, a lot of understanding came with that and a lot of understanding and a lot of like, okay, now that I see it this way, now that I understand it, I don't have to be so accusatory. Like, I don't have to be like, why are you an adult? And all you want to eat is kid stuff. Like, you know, I have, I right now have chicken nuggets that are in the shape of dinosaurs in my fridge right now. That is fun. I think it's amazing, but you know, like. <laughs> it's like the smiley face mashed potatoes. Yes. Fries. They are fun. Yes. And now. Okay. But rather than judging myself for having those in my fridge, because I'm like, you are an adult and you're eating. Now I can be like, ah, these are fun. And I accept that. (laughs) So the connection to food in um, emotionally is one thing. Our connection to food um, rationally is another thing. I mean, even when you were saying about like, hey, when our parents make us eat foods, um, what happens? Do you love vegetables because your parents make you eat vegetables? No, you eat the vegetables because there's a repercussion to not eating the vegetables, but a lot of adults still grow up and don't want to eat the vegetables because they don't like how the vegetables taste. So, but what do we, this is why we have nutritionists (laughs) and why I'm grateful for the nutritionists in my life is because they help me connect to the food in a different way. It's not about money anymore. It's not about time spent. It's not about ease. It's about what my body needs and likes, not just what my taste buds need and like. Right. Like a kid, like they don't care. They, they just want to, they know what they like and they'll eat what they like. And yeah. Sure. But if you present them with, with, you know, I mean, there's, there's things that when my, when my daughter first tried um, avocado. She didn't want it. She wanted nothing to do with it. It was a texture thing. She didn't like the texture of it. And then she tried it again, like a year later and she loved it. A lot of parents would not give it, give it to them again and then give an explanation, right. Of like, these are good for you and all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, they make you whatever, right. It's just eat your vegetables. So you'll get big and strong. And if you don't like something, I'm not going to give it to you again, because I don't want to fight with you about it. But when it's available and continues to be available and you cultivate curiosity, right. You, you create curious people, right. We see these people going all on TV all around the world, trying different foods. They're curious, about what foods taste like, what they do to your body, how you feel, all those kind of things, creating that curiosity. But it is kind of going back. And, and the reason why I'm going on this whole tirade is because I do feel like a lot of people just get stuck in that, that beating on yourself about why am I like this? Why am I, why can't I change it? And why is be steaming Brussels sprouts, not something that I feel like doing. (laughs) Why can't I force myself to love these things? And it's like, because you're trying to force yourself because you're not connecting to it in other and anything other than with negativity around the whole thing. You're negative about why you don't have it. You're negative about why you're doing it. It's like, we're not in a good space, but what you just did was perfect of the well, I mean, I like the dinosaur shape thing. I don't need to judge myself and call my, call it a child food. It's a fun food. You know, it's a food that, you know, when we talk about comfort foods, how come we can have comfort foods that 
there's only certain ones. How come mac and cheese can be a comfort food and a kid food? Yeah. Why are we saying it's a bad thing when it's a kid food and it's a good thing when it's a down home Southern comfort food? Yeah. What's that yeah. about? It's us. Yeah. It's, it's about it's us. Judgment. So, you know, and, and, and with that, and that's, you know, and that's another half of the food relationship conversation was, um, is about learning what your body does want, need, can handle, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I think that was one of the ones you had wanted to tap into this year was talking about body and, and, and about the, his, the, the food that has histamines and how to, how to find a ways to understand what your body likes and doesn't like, and how we can, you know, how we can create success around, you know, food. And that's important. And that's, that's like, that seems that's like three podcasts worth of information. Cause I, I, I do, I, I think that's important because we're not taught this, especially with parents that don't have the bandwidth or the understanding. My mother was a nurse and she still didn't have an understanding or bandwidth. She had food issues herself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I wanted, sorry guys, I wanted to share my experience with that because I want to encourage you guys to look at your relationship with food from where you were at as a kid. Did your mom let you explore food? Were you a person who had to parent yourself at a very young age? And so your relationship does feel a little juvenile. Were um, like my friend, like he was, uh, he, he was a chef. And so he has a hugely different palate because he was, he, he let himself explore food. Um, he's also, his family is from a different, uh, a different country. So his, it's very different there because kids, you know, kids in other countries, they're not necessarily don't have the access that we do to convenient food. Um, so they are made to eat like big, huge meals that they're, that their family cooks and stuff, but that's a whole different relationship. Like what is your relationship? I, Cause I think that with what Vanessa, you shared, I think it's, which is super important. I think it gives us the, the bandwidth to create new pathways and new relationships and, and how to do that. And in a way that's not just what I like to eat versus what I don't like to eat, but kind of what does the food do for me? Food is medicine, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So thank you for sharing that. Sorry. I'm, I feel like, I, like <laughs> it's like I, I get in that space, I think, um, of wanting to like rescue everybody from that painful feeling. Cause I hear it a lot. I think I do hear it a lot. And then, and then, then it gets me in that space of feeling like, wanting to kind of jump in and be like, Oh my gosh, like where, like, we don't judge it. Like we explain it. We don't judge it. We, you know, we, we, the words that we use around it, like basically explain how we feel about it. And, and, you know, as I feel like the theme of the day is what words are we using um, in our recordings of like, and how we speak about certain things and how we continue to speak about them is how we're going to continue to feel about them. And so like when we relationship to food is a buzz phrase, right? People are always talking about relationship to food. And I think that our goal here, you know, was to give more ideas about where that relationship came from versus what is our relationship today and being able to have that compassion for the 11 year old or the six year old that wasn't given opportunity to create a different relationship with food. And yeah. that, that coming in with that, com- that compassion and that understanding and, you know, all of that is that, that gentleness that creates the long lasting change that it, that that's where we want to go when we talk about our relationship with food. Um, and that was, I, I think like, me trying to kind of highlight what you're saying in all the ways of like, these are my go-tos. These are my staples because my whole life, these have been my staples. Why would those change? Right? Like 
<laughs> why would they change if opportunity were there if bandwidth were there if I felt good about my body so I wanted to change the things I put in it were there and that you know sometimes we find that they weren't until a certain phase I mean I can pinpoint those those in my life too you know I think everybody can do it but you know kind of coming in with that of like we're not looking for excuses we're not looking to be mean to ourselves we're not looking to be mean to anybody we're just like what happened when we started food what Mm -hmm. how did that relationship go because those are the roots that we're trying to heal not just the outside of let's eat healthy and then we'll be fine yeah eat a salad right right like I love salad but I love salad because my mom loved salad and we always had salad. It was a thing always in my life. People who don't have salad are like, that doesn't taste as good to me. My taste buds are very much not used to that. The, the, all of that. It is what it is, you know, and it doesn't mean that your vegetable intake needs to be a salad. (laughs) If you don't like it, you don't like it, but if it turns out to be something that you can create for yourself, then why not? You know, I mean, I think that the exploratory phase doesn't end. It doesn't have to end. No, no, no. Because I mean, there are things that I try that I don't like, and there mm-hmm. are certain levels of food that I realize, okay, I'm not a spicy food eater. I, I can't handle spice. I, I like garlic rosemary sure that kind of herb spice but anything with a cayenne in it or a pepper in it sorry and and that's just I've tried things I like I tried curry the other day like my friend dialed it back a lot for me because he knew that I was coming to dinner and and so it was like uh we knew you were going to be here so we dialed the curry back like (laughs) you know which I was grateful for because I want to be able to have it but you know, I just, I have such a, I'm such a baby with spice that I can't stand it. But at the same time, like, you know, I love garlic, give me all the garlic. And, you know, so it's, yeah, it's learning. Like I like avocado, but I don't like the texture. Like I like it, but it's like, it has to be put in something with crunch in it. So then I don't feel the mushy texture of it. Like, I'm eating salad. There's an av- a cut up piece of avocado. The crunch overtakes the, the, the softness of the avocado. Mm-hmm. And that makes me happy because I get to eat avocados. And yeah, absolutely. And that's that self-discovery yeah. that we have to get into, but we can't get into it if we're in negativity and being all like shameful and what is wrong with me and well, all that. The, I, I've lived in the diet industry for so long that their solution is always eat salad that it is. And nearly every diet, there's a salad conversation. And I've just been so sad that I can't, that I used to get so upset that I couldn't access that. I couldn't, I mean, I did it for a minute, but when I was successful with salad was when my dad would cut up the lettuce for me for my salads and like, and help me make them. That's when I found success around it. Like as silly as that sounds, it was in I'll eat I'll go to a restaurant and eat a salad because I love it when people make me a salad but I can't do it for myself so it's it's there's an there's another thing to explore so you know it's yeah so I just that's why you know because I see people get upset with themselves and, and when they can't find success around eating different foods because they think that one reason or another, or they feel like they're failing because they can't, they can't love a salad. Like, no, it's not what we need to do. It's like, now I know that my need for want of quickness and and sometimes very food that kids like, then it's just because that's, that's, that's as far as my brain would go. And then, so now I can explore new things. So Mm -hmm. fantastic. I hope this is at least let you, some of you off the hook about feeling like you can't succeed in the diet world because nobody can succeed in the diet world. I don't care who you are. That's why we don't diet. Yeah. 
But I encourage you to begin that process of exploring your relationship with food and, and where, how it came to be, how it mm-hmm. came to be, and then decide what you want to do to move forward and explore and find out the things that, okay, my body reacts this way to this type of food or this way. And yeah, continue that discovery. Yes. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for joining us. So we're going we're gonna, to, unpack more next week and we'll talk to you then thank you for joining us on freud's angels we are thankful for each of you opening up your heart to us to continue the healing connect with us on instagram at freud's underscore angels and on facebook at freud's angels please subscribe to the show so that we may help you continue your journey and remember to give us some love in the review section If anything we've talked about today has triggered an emotional or mental crisis, please call 911 or head to the nearest emergency center. And always remember you are loved, you are worthy, and the world needs your light.